CinemaCon 2018 is officially over, and with it came some huge news from all the major studios. And we'll be covering all that and more on this week's Merc with a Movie Blog. Hey there everybody, it's Josh the Merc Rainer here with another episode of Merc with a Movie Blog. Thank you for joining me, it's episode 6, and today we are going to be covering everything that happened at CinemaCon 2018 last week. CinemaCon took place this year in Las Vegas at the Caesars Palace. It's an annual gathering of theater owners and exhibitors during which they get to look at upcoming films from major Hollywood studios and preview some of the latest and greatest in the theatrical technologies and even concession options. Uh, we're not going to talk about you know concession options and things like that. We're just going to talk about all the things in the mo- in movie news from all the major studios. First up, I'm going to talk about uh, the Warner Brothers panel. Uh, the studio teased a massive slate of films stressing the diversity of their lineup of, and I quote, event films, DC tent poles, animation, first-class dramas, elevated horrors, and comedies. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Andy Serkis's version of The Jungle Book, titled Mowgli. They showed a little bit of footage from the, uh, the movie. They start off by showing us some footage from the film, uh, we see Mowgli in a cage with Bagheera uh, looking in from the outside. Bagheera says to Mowgli, I bit and I scratched and I spent my entire life fighting. Then one day I just stopped and I gained their trust. Gained their trust, little brother. So I think that that's pretty interesting. Um, Jungle Book is one of my favorite animated films from, from that era. And I really loved what Jon Favreau did with his live-action version. So I'm really intrigued to see what Andy Serkis can do. Uh, Elsewhere in the footage, we see Mowgli being uh, taken away by some monkeys. We see a shot of him riding Bagheera. Uh, He's hunting with wolves. We get a shot of Shere Khan uh, greeting Mowgli and commenting on how he's grown. We see a tribe passing Mowgli around. We see Baloo running through the woods with him, a wolf looking him in the eyes. A lot of, lots of different shots are being shown. This is a, a film that, like I said, I'm definitely intrigued by. I love Andy Serkis, so I'm interested to see uh, how he's able to helm this film and how it will stand up to the John Favreau version, which I thought was, it was fantastic. This one's slated to come out this October on uh, October 19th, so you really don't have that much longer to wait for it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this one turns out to be, to be just as good, if not better, than the previous, than the, the John Favreau version. Next up is uh, Fantastic Beasts. Warner Brothers released some new footage on Tuesday during the event for Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, this footage shows a teenage Newt Scamander receiving Defense Against the Dark Arts instruction at Hogwarts. Jude Law portrays a young Albus Dumbledore as the bumbling Scamander faces a boggart and a desk appears. Dumbledore explains that it's manifested as Scamander's fear having to work an office job. Which I think is really interesting. That's kind of something that we got from the first movies. He didn't want to be you know, stuck in a menial type of job. That's why he wanted to go out and, and have these types of adventures. So I'm really interested from the stuff that we've seen from Fantastic Beasts, from the, the trailers that we've seen. And I love that Jude Law is playing Dumbledore. The, the stuff from the trailers with him looks great. And I really... I'm really interested to see if he can bring that Dumbledore personality to this younger version. You know, obviously he's probably going to be not exactly the same. He's, you know, he hasn't quite lived all, you know, as much. He hasn't experienced as much yet. So maybe he'll be a little bit jaded, you know, in in this younger version. So we'll definitely see 
uh, when that comes out. Next up is It Chapter 2. Uh, director Andy Muschietti said that the sequel will be even scarier than the first. Uh, there was no footage shown, uh, but they did do a sizzle reel from of scenes from the original film, and it got like, a great response from the crowd. We do know that Jessica Chastain is signed on, and that both James McAvoy and Bill Hader are in talks to take on roles. It Chapter 2 is slated to come out September 6th of 2019, so we've got about a year and a half to wait on that one. I'm really excited. Uh, Bill Skarsgård is set to reprise his role as Pennywise. I loved the first film, so the fact that they're making this one scarier, because that was one of the things about the film that it was one of the few negatives that I had about about the first film was that it wasn't as scary as I was hoping it would be. It was an v- extremely well-made film. The performances were spot on, but it just I felt like it needed more of a overall scary tension throughout. It had a few good moments, but the overall film wasn't all that scary. So I'm hoping that this second film will do that. Will actually become that horror film that we hoped it would be. And speaking of horror films, we got some information on the new Conjuring spinoff, The Nun. James Wan said that it, it's a very different look from you know previous films, and he even compared it to a classic Italian horror film. Uh, we've got a little bit of footage. It showed people trying to exorcise demons, but they end up surrounded by a bunch of nuns who uh, have hands permanently over their, their faces. I mean, just thinking about that imagery sounds pretty creepy. I know that for me, uh, the... The stuff with the nun from The Conjuring 2 and even the little bit that you got from the second Annabelle film, I'm, it's a really intriguing character. The thing is that I was always worried about how they were actually going to pull this off because in The Second Conjuring, you know, they, they say that Valak takes the, that form because of Lorraine. So is it more than just that? Or, or I'm hoping that, that, that we find that out. Because as you see in the second Annabelle film, the nuns, the nun is there, which obviously means that it's not just because of Lorraine. So I'm really actually intrigued to see where it goes. Um, if you haven't seen uh, Annabelle creation, give it a, check it out. It's s- far superior to, to the first. The first Annabelle was horrible. The second one is fantastic. Mike Flanagan did a great job. So I'm looking forward to the nun. It didn't give any sort of release date, so just keep an eye out for that. And lastly for the Warner Brothers panel, I'm going to talk about all the DC stuff. So there was a number of things that came out for for DC. I'm going to start off with Wonder Woman 2. Patty Patty Jenkins officially confirmed a rumor that has been going around that Wonder Woman 2 will in fact be set during the 1980s. Now, she didn't mention anything about the Cold War specifically, but I feel like it's a safe bet to assume that it will tie in somewhere since it is set during that time. This is something that's been rumored for a while, so it's nice to finally get that official confirmation from the director. Uh, We also got some work-in-progress footage from Aquaman. Uh, This comes via Joe Blow. Says, okay, just saw a rough trailer for Aquaman and it looks really great. Even with unfinished effects, things seen. Orm, Volko, a gold trident, Black Manta, Atlantis, and various underwater races. Looks absolutely epic. Now, according to some other reports that came out of CinemaCon, uh, the trailer and, and footage focuses on the clash between Momoa's Aquaman and Patrick Wilson's Ocean Master. The footage includes shots of Atlantis cityscapes and armored seahorses, plus a gladiator-like coliseum. In the coliseum, Ocean Master is seen hyping up a crowd and rallying them against Aquaman, who will challenge his brother for the throne. Uh, Further, Momoa also displays his physicality as Aquaman, wielding a quindent and lifting a submarine out of the water. The footage additionally features Ocean Master delivering the line, The war is coming to the surface, and I am bringing the wrath of the Seven Seas with me, teasing the conflict confirmed in the Aquaman synopsis. 
Plus, Amber Heard's Mara pleads with Arthur, saying, Unless you help us, millions will die. But the trailer doesn't solely focus on the conflict between Arthur and his brother. It also features quips from Momoa, including, I'm a blunt instrument, and I'm, a, and I'm damn good at it. Lastly, the footage includes a shot of Black Manta, which is described as being extremely close to the character's comic book appearance, which is really cool. Hoping that he does have that that kind of elongated helmet that you see in the comics, which which I, I absolutely love. He's one of my favorites. Uh, apparently, reactions from the room were extremely positive. So uh, th- this is one of those films. This is one of my personal uh, most anticipated films for the the rest of the year. I've been looking forward to Aquaman for a while. I absolutely love James Wan, and I think he's going to do fantastic from everything that we have heard. The the shoot has been going smoothly, and I have all the utmost confidence in James Wan to bring us a fantastic film and get the DCEU back on track. We also got some stuff from Shazam!, uh, Shazam director David Sandberg took to the stage. He showed uh, some brief behind-the-scenes footage from the movie and said that they are creating a modern DC cinematic universe accessible to the whole family. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, the stuff that we've seen from Shazam's all been kind of uh, like leaked set photos and stuff like that. I personally like what I've seen. I think uh, Zachary Levi is going to make a great Shazam and I'm really interested to uh, kind of see how it all ties into everything. You know, if it's going to be you know directly tied into all the stuff that we've already seen in the DCEU, if it's going to be something somewhat separately, because that has been rumored that they will also do separate films outside of the DCEU continuity. So I, I guess when the film comes out, we will see. The last thing from the DC uh, portion of the Warner Brothers panel was Teen Titans Go to the Movies. They showed a new trailer for this animated film. In the trailer, Robin is stoked to see a movie about Batman's greatest ally, who turns out to be Alfred. Heroes tour Warner Brothers and see the huge number of DC characters becoming heroes. They are determined to earn themselves movies. Deathstroke emerges, just as they need an arch-nemesis. They think he's Deadpool, and Deathstroke is confused as to why everyone thinks he's Deadpool, especially since he came first. Some action sequences uh, cut by before Deathstroke has a showdown with the Titans in a giant mech suit. Uh, This sounds awesome. I'm really excited to see this movie. I am a staunch defender of Teen Titans Go. I know a lot of people hate that show, but I, I absolutely love it. It's stupid and campy and just fun, and I, and I enjoy almost every second that I watch it. Uh, something else that came out was that Deathstroke is actually being voiced by Will Arnett. Will Arnett has been attached to the film for quite a while, but they just now, with this trailer, release the fact that he is actually going to be voicing Deathstroke. So that's pretty cool. We still haven't uh, officially learned who Kristen Bell will be playing, but you know I'm sure that will come out you know sometime soon. Next up, I'm going to talk about the Disney panel. There was a lot of things that came out from this one. We had. Some news about their live-action reboots. We've got some Pixar news. We've got some Star Wars news. So let's just dive right into the Disney panel. I'll start off talking about the live-action Aladdin film. From what it seems, this is going to be a kind of an action movie of sorts. In some brief scenes that were shown at CinemaCon, the streetwise Aladdin seen running precariously atop walls and bouncing dramatically, slow-mo style, off of uh, window canopies in true Guy Ritchie style. It's not surprising that we're seeing scenes like this coming from a Guy Ritchie movie. I just hope that this film has a bit more substance over style. I'm totally fine with this type of, of style. I have no problems with that. I think it could actually work really well. However, if that's all it is, is this style and there's no real substance and they do a disservice, I'm going to be kind of angry because this is my favorite uh, Disney animated film. So they have, a, in my eyes, they have a lot to live up to. And Guy Ritchie really needs to step it up if he wants to make this 
a hit and make this even close to as good as the original animated film. Kathleen Taft, Disney's head of distribution, said that Will Smith will bring his own distinct style to the role of the genie, made famous in animation by the late Robin Williams. She's quoted as saying, No one could replicate what he did, nor would we want that. She described Smith's take as a little fresh prince, a little hitch, and a whole lot of attitude. So that's intriguing to me. I'm actually I'm really glad that he's not trying to just do a new like another version of Robin Williams genie, not you know just trying to imitate that. That he's making the character his own. And I think that description, you know, a little bit of fresh prince, a little bit of hitch, a whole lot of attitude. I I think that could work for for this character. I just hope that it's it doesn't become kind of hokey and feel out of place with what guy the rest of what guy Ritchie is doing. Uh, so as long as it fits with the rest of the film, I'm fine with that. And this movie is set to uh, hit theaters on May 24th of 2019. So we've got about a year for, uh, wait on this one. So I'm really hoping that they they're able to pull this off. Another live-action remake that's being done is Dumbo. Uh, Tim Burton's live-action Dumbo will take place where the 1941 animated classic ends, with the big-eared elephant taking flight in the circus. Burton is taking that as a jumping-off point, Taft said. There were stunning circus moments with Burton-esque quirkiness very much on display, and exquisite attire by Oscar-winning costume designer Colleen Atwood. And Danny DeVito is already standing out as the big top ringmaster in a cast which includes Eva Green, Michael Keaton, and Colin Farrell. Uh, They showed a sizzle reel which built all the way up to the moment of Dumbo's flight with the circus performers and spectators looking up with amazed expressions. But the reel ends right before the elephant takes flight. And I think this is something they just want to kind of save that. They don't want to, you know, essentially blow their load and show, you know, the, the the flight portion of it just yet. I think they want to wait, and it's possible that they haven't gotten it completely nailed down either. Tim Burton's Dumbo is set to hit theaters on March twenty ninth, twenty nineteen. The other live action Disney remake coming out next year is The Lion King. Disney showed only one scene from uh, the film, which is being directed by John Favreau. It was a similar look to the earlier scene shown uh, last year at D23, which was the uh, Circle of Life introduction for Simba. In this scene, we see the animals walking to Pride Rock. In this one, we see the animals walking toward Pride Rock, and they are, you can already tell, they are stunning. The effects are looking great for this one. And they also showed uh, Rafiki holding up Simba, as the music soars, complete with the famous uh, baby lion sneeze from that we saw in the animated version. Uh, Taft went on to say, As amazing as Jungle Book looked, we're going to the next level with this film. So that really, really makes me uh, happy to hear. The, the stuff in the Jungle Book looked fantastic, and if they're going to a next level with Lion King... I, I can't wait to see it. This one is set to come out in July, on July 19th of 2019. And that means that inside of a four-month span, we will get three live-action remakes of classic Disney films. We'll have Dumbo in March, we'll have Aladdin in May, and Lion King in July. And that's that's crazy. People People talk about, like, Star Wars fatigue and comic book fatigue, but... What about you know Disney fatigue? What about this live action thing? Is that something that's going to happen? I don't know. We'll see next year when we get three inside of a four-month period. Next up, uh, I have a couple of animated films coming out of Disney to talk about. First off is Pixar's Incredibles 2. Disney showed the uh, opening sequence of the upcoming Pixar film, and it picks up right where the original 2004 film left off with the superhero family preparing to fight the mole-like villain, the Underminer, who is bound and determined to destroy City Hall. In the clip, a love interest for Violet recalls the scene and laments that seeing her as a superhero will make their upcoming date quote-unquote weird. 
There uh, was also a full action segment that had Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, Violet, Dash, and Jack-Jack battling the Underminer and getting some last-minute assistance from Frozone. Uh, They unleashed their powers to try to stop the destruction of City Hall while working together to keep the residents safe from harm. This movie looks looks awesome. I've been waiting for this film for well, almost 15 years. So I'm really, really excited to see uh, this one come out. This one comes out later this year in June, on June 15th. So we've got like a month and a half before this one hits. And I think this one is going to... I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to crush the box office, as most Pixar films do. And if it lives up to the quality of the first of the first film, this is going to be one of the top Pixar films I think ever made. Next up is the Disney animation film Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Now, full disclosure, I have actually not seen the first Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, it's just one that, it's it kind of slipped by my radar, it's one of my blind spots, something I've always been meaning to watch, I just haven't gotten around to it. I've heard a lot of great things about it. And so, you know, I am glad that it is getting a sequel. I know that it was uh, nominated for Best Animated Picture. You know, so I think that it's these types of films that, you know, the audience really drew toward that need to, to get, the, you know, the sequels made. So I, I'm glad. And from what it sounds like, this is the type of movie, you know, the, the way it's done, you know, the, the, like from the plot of the first one, the, this type of story is one that can actually be done in, in a good way into a sequel. Uh, the studio screened the much-talked-about sequence from D23 that shows Sarah Silverman's Vanellope hanging out with all of the Disney princesses and introducing them to the wonders of sweatpants. So this was a, a scene that was previously shown at D23 last year, but has not come into the public light yet. So I'm kind of hoping that now that they've shown it again at another big convention, that maybe they'll release this scene soon for for the rest of the world to see. Wreck-It Ralph 2 will hit theaters on November 21st of this later this year. Disney also unveiled some footage from the upcoming Solo a Star Wars story uh, with a key scene between Alden Ehrenreich's young Han Solo and Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian. The clip shown to the theater owners at CinemaCon showed the first encounter between the duo at a rundown, dingy cantina on a snowy planet with an array of other characters, including a creature with more than a dozen eyes. Amelia Clark's character, Kira, explains to Solo that Calrissian won his ship playing a card game, prompting Solo to promise that he'll beat him, and then proceeding to do so. I'm assuming that this is Sabacc, and but the thing about it is... The ship is that they're talking about is not unveiled, but in Star Wars lore, the original owner of the Falcon was Lando, and Solo won the ship from him in a card game. Now, do we just did we just not ever learn that Lando won it off of somebody else before that, and we just always assumed that it was his ship first? I don't know. So it's very possible that this could be a completely different ship. And that maybe uh, Han plays him again and wins the um, the Falcon later on in the film. Maybe even toward the end. That could be something that we see at the end of the film. Uh, the footage ends with both men wagering their spaceships. And Calrissian warning, you might want to quit while you're ahead. So I- I'm definitely intrigued to see the Sabacc game that you know you always... That we heard about from the original trilogy and this movie overall is one that i'm really excited for i've of all the things that i've seen all the trailers you know the little clips and you know the behind the scenes uh like the featurettes that they've shown i'm really really excited for it i love what uh, aaron reich's brought to solo and a lot of people don't but i really do uh i'm really enjoying donald glover's lando uh i'm really it really seems like he's he's kind of taking on the essence of Billy Dee Williams. And I think that's great. And I'm really intrigued with uh, this Kira character, played by Amelia Clark. So, you know, the movie comes out later this month. We've only got, like, th- three and a half weeks left. Comes out May 25th. So don't we don't have a whole, too much time to wait. So I'm really excited to see how this one turns out. 
And the last thing that came out of the Disney panel was the brand new trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, Ant-Man and the Wasp will be the first film after Avengers Infinity War to hit, and it's going to be a very different type of tone. Um, From what I've understood, this will actually take place before the events, so it's going to be between Civil War and Infinity War, which totally makes sense. You don't want to give away too much, because if you're showing trailers for a film that takes place after the events or even during the events it could give things away for people that haven't seen it yet seen infinity war yet so i think it's actually it was a it was a smart idea that they decided to make both ant-man and uh captain marvel the two films that are happening uh post uh, infinity war make them prequel essentially like prequels like earlier films films that happened before the events of that one so that way you're not you know nothing's being given away you can still go and watch these movies even if you're a little behind on on like Infinity War which I really hope you're not and if you look at uh, the box office which we'll talk about later it doesn't seem like most people are now as far as the trailer goes uh, this I really loved this trailer I actually enjoyed this trailer more than the previous one that they showed uh, it actually it's it's online right now it dropped earlier this morning so you can go and you can watch it if you want to pause it you want to pause this podcast and go check out the trailer real quick real quick and then come back and listen go right ahead uh it starts off with a nice little like father-daughter moment between um scott lang and his daughter and it kind of runs throughout the trailer which i liked it has uh there's a lot of images a lot of imagery of giant man right at the beginning which i'm really happy about i love that we're gonna get to see more of him in his giant form like we saw in Civil War because I think you know it's it's you know it's cool when you see him shrink down but you want to see that other side of him just getting huge and you can do lots of different things I mean you can go both small and large you know it's not limited uh we also got a really cool intro to uh the wasp in this trailer now we have seen her obviously before but in this trailer, just the way they first show her, it was just real quick, action-packed, and I really dug uh, the way they brought her into the trailer. Um, there was an awesome use of her... I'm not honestly sure what they're called. I'm calling them her quantum ray, because uh, it's not really a shrink ray, because you can also make things big with it. And she uses it in a, such a cool way uh, to, to make a, a salt shaker huge. Now, they've done stuff in, in like the other trailer showing them do things like that. And I love this, this idea of taking mundane items and, and making them huge as part of the, you know, part of the story, as part of the scene specifically. In this case, you, know, you see the gigantic salt shaker uh, block a doorway. And I think that's a really cool and inventive way to use the, these powers and these effects. We also got to see this really cool uh, new villain. Uh, I'm, I don't know what her name is, but I'm calling her like a quantum realm villain because that's kind of what they, they talk about a little bit. She can like phase in and out from the quantum realm. And her outfit looks really, really cool. And I think it's, I think it's nice because, you know, in the first one we got essentially another version of of Ant-Man, another type, that type of suit with with yellow jacket. Now with this character, it it's still tied, you know, into that type of, of power and whatnot with the quantum realm and everything. But it's not just another uh, person who can shrink down and whatnot. You know, they can do something different. So it might be a little bit more tricky for them to defeat this villain. So I'm really interested to see uh, what they go and 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 the shots that they've shown from inside the quantum realm i really hope they dig a little deeper into that uh and maybe like even show some stuff with uh pim maybe from the past stuff that he did in there i think that would be really neat and maybe even show um the wasp's uh hope's mother i think that janet van dyne i think that would be really cool to finally get some more answers uh, about her fate as well and we also saw a giant ant. What looked like he was playing the drums. Is this a new Antony? You know, I. Th- it looked really kind of weird. It almost kind of felt out of place. But then, when you think about the movie, it doesn't really feel out of place. It just is. It was kind of a weird shot to see. Um, the the trailer also has some really fun music. It really sets the tone for you know this another kind of like heist type movie. 
We got to see Michael Pena doing his thing again. I love him. I'm so glad that he'll be back. Uh, the movie just looks action-packed. It looks like it's got some great humor. I'm really, really excited uh, for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now I'm going to move on to the Paramount panel. Uh, the Paramount panel, uh, there isn't, there isn't, there's not as quite as much to talk about here. Uh, really, I'm, I'm just going to talk about one big story, and then uh, I'm going to tell you kind of like a list of, of the other stuff that they just kind of you know teased. They didn't really go too much into it. I think this was probably one of the shorter panels that they had during the event. So Paramount decided to kick off their event with a clip from the upcoming Transformers spinoff, Bumblebee. Uh, in the clip, it reveals the origin of Bumblebee's name. The video starts off with Haley Steinfeld's character, Charlie, discovering an old yellow uh, Volkswagen bug from her uncle's junkyard. She begins to inspect the car when it launches into Autobot's form. Bumblebee is initially uh, frightened and shrinks into a corner before Charlie gains his trust. Uh, she says to him, I won't hurt you. And by the end of the meeting, we find out how uh, Bumblebee gets his name. She says, uh, you, sound, uh, you sound like a little Bumblebee. I'm going to call you that from now on. So that sounds, that sounds kind of cute. Uh, I don't know. I be honest, I've only watched the very first Transformers. I've never... It, it was a good film, but with all the bad reviews that came out about the second one, I just kind of never got around to it. And then it just kind of got worse and worse as the franchise went on. And so I've just been like, I've just never bothered to give them a watch. Maybe one day I will, but I'm definitely, I think I'm going to check out this one because it's not being uh, directed by Michael Bay. So I'm real, what I'm hoping for is that it'll be something fresh. This is actually uh, going to be set in the past. It's set uh, during, in 1987. It's being written by Christina Hodson, who's actually, who's also writing the Birds of Prey movie for uh, Warner Brothers and DC, which will uh, include Harley Quinn. She's also doing the uh, Batgirl script for DC, so I'm definitely intrigued because I've heard, you know, I, I've been hearing some good things about the script for Birds of Prey, so I'm excited for that, and, I, and it kind of has elevated my excitement for Bumblebee. Like I said, it's set in 1987 and follows Bumblebee who, who finds refuge in a junkyard in a small California beach town. Uh, Charlie, on the cusp of turning 18 and trying to find her place in the world, uh, revives him and quickly learns that he is no ordinary Volkswagen bug, as we kind of see, you know, as. As we kind of heard from the description of the uh, footage shown at CinemaCon. This uh, movie is actually will come out later this year on December 19th. So we've got it's about seven months left until it comes out. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty intrigued to see. I'm not going to necessarily say excited, but I'm intrigued to see this one and kind of see what they do with it. Uh, Paramount Pictures chairman and CEO Jim Giannopoulos said that, said during the opening remarks of the studio's presentation that a sequel to the studio's spring blockbuster, A Quiet Place, is in the works. He provided no further details, uh, so I have no idea if any of the cast will be returning, if it'll be in the same place, different uh, area of, of the world, you know, there's no date, no synopsis, nothing. It's just that they are working on a sequel, which... Once we get down to the box office uh, section, you'll understand completely why uh, it makes total sense that they're working on a sequel. Um, and along with this, several other upcoming films were teased by Paramount with a series of images, including Clifford the Big Red Dog, which is something I used to watch all the time as a kid, Sonic the Hedgehog, which again, nostalgia galore right there. I played Sonic the Hedgehog all the time. I used to watch the old animated series. The Pet Cemetery remake, which I'm intrigued by, you know, with Stephen King movies, it's kind of kind of hit or miss when they when they bring them, you know, to screen. And the first Pet Cemetery is is fantastic. So I I'm a little wary about the remake, but I'll definitely give it a shot when it comes out. And they also teased uh, the sequels to Top Gun, World War Z, and even Coming to America. So there's a whole lot of stuff coming out of Paramount. Um, they didn't really give uh, too much info on most of these movies, but 
So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by some, and we'll keep you guys informed as more info comes out uh, on these other upcoming films. Next up is uh, the Universal panel. I'm going to start off talking about uh, their upcoming film, First Man. Ryan Gosling is reteaming with La La Land director Damien Chazelle to take on the role of American astronaut Neil Armstrong. First Man follows the astronaut's journey during the 60s to become the first man to land on the moon. Chazelle said that the film will bring moviegoers along with Armstrong and the crew of Apollo 11 as they shot through the heavens and took those first few steps on the moon. Uh, They did show some footage of it. Uh, In one particularly stirring scene, it finds Armstrong answering his worried children's questions about whether or not he will make it back home after his lunar travels are over. He tries to deflect by noting that his team has confidence in their planning before ultimately acknowledging that he could die. That sounds pretty powerful, and as a parent myself, I'm sure that that's going to hit me pretty hard when I see that scene. Uh, this one comes out October 12th, so really there's only five months before this one comes out. We don't have that too long to wait, and I'm really, I'm really interested to see uh, what Chazelle can do with a film like this after coming off of La La Land. And speaking of things that are coming out in October, we got to see uh, some footage from the new Halloween film. Uh, the sequel will directly follow the original film, and Jamie Lee Curtis will be returning uh, as Laurie Strode. In the new Halloween, we find Laurie as a reclusive grandmother, still traumatized by her encounters with Michael Myers, and praying every night to get one more chance to go toe-to-toe with with the killer. After he escapes prison, she gets her wish, but not before Myers racks up an impressive body count and finds some grisly ways to dispose of his victims. Uh, Jason Blum, the producer of The Purge and Insidious, is reviving the franchise, but Curtis isn't the only one returning to the series as co-creator John Carpenter will serve as an executive producer and creative consultant for the film. Uh, Halloween opens October 19th of 2018, and this is one of my most anticipated films. I am so, so, so excited to see this come back. The original Halloween is my favorite horror film of all time. And to see them going back and making a direct sequel to that film with Jamie Lee Curtis, with John Carpenter, produced by Blumhouse, this all sounds amazing to me. And I really can't wait to see where it goes. As long as it doesn't travel the path of like Halloween H2O and all those like crazy sequels that they came out with. October, I'll definitely be checking this one out first thing. I'll be there opening night to see this one. Next up is uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. They showed some footage uh, which opened up with a submarine underwater at the abandoned park at uh, Isla Nublar. We also saw a researcher sawing a bone from a dead dinosaur and then barely escaping an encounter with a massive undersea creature. Then uh, we saw another researcher at the park entrance being chased by Tyrannosaurus Rex as he tries to escape on the ladder of a helicopter. Whether or not he survives, we don't know. I'm really excited for this one. Jurassic, the Jurassic Park franchise is one of my, my favorite franchises. Uh, I, I enjoy the films. I know that a lot of them are not very good, but I do still enjoy even The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, even with all their weird creative choices and flaws. Um, I, I just I enjoy giant dinosaurs eating people. I think it's fun to watch. And I enjoyed Jurassic World probably more than you know a lot of people out there. So with the sequel coming out, I'm really excited. It happens close to my birthday, and so I'll definitely be taking this one in. Uh, J.A. Bayona is directing Fallen Kingdom, and it will open on June 22nd. So I'm wondering if this will be as big as the first Jurassic World. You know, with I know a lot of people, like I said probably went out to see the first film and then you know didn't care for it and are probably not going to go out and see this one so i don't know if it's going to hit those records that the first jurassic world did but i do i do think that it'll be pretty big and it would not surprise me if it does break a billion dollars you know these types of franchises as long as they're fun and entertaining people will go and see them and with a property like jurassic world 
it's definitely going to draw people out. You know, people love dinosaurs, and and, and rightly so. Now we're going to move on to something that's a little smaller in scale than Jurassic World, and that is Glass. This is M. Night Shyamalan's sequel to Unbreakable and Split. In it, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, and James McAvoy will all return. It starts off with Bruce Willis's David Dunn, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's Mr. Glass, and James McAvoy's uh, character from Split uh, all meeting in prison. There's a therapist played by uh, Sarah Paulson. She says that she specializes in individuals who believe that they are superheroes. Obviously, she doesn't believe that you know these people are superheroes. So I, I'm really excited to see what they, where they take this franchise. You know, to bring back these characters from Unbreakable, to bring back uh, David Dunn and Mister Glass, and then throw in that character from Split. This is going to be crazy, and it's. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, Shyamalan has been on on a roll with uh, the visit and with split and i hope that he continues this role and just makes an amazing film with glass i'm super super excited for it our last studio uh panel that i'm going to talk about is the big sony panel um the there were so many movies that sony talked about so i'm just gonna really i'm just gonna jump right in they started off with uh, goosebumps 2 it got an official title, and it will now be titled Goosebumps Haunted Halloween. Uh, it had been rumored that it was going to be titled Goosebumps Slappy Halloween, but they have officially debunked that and, and given us the official title. In addition, in a brief teaser, it revealed that Jack Black will return as the voice of Slappy. However, it remains to be seen if he'll be back as uh, the author R.L. Stein in the film. It comes out, uh, again, another film in October. comes out October 12th of 2018, which is fitting, I think, for a Goosebumps movie come out in October. So October seems like it's going to be jam-packed full of movies. Uh, I, I'm really excited. I really enjoyed the first Goosebumps movie. It's a nice uh, kids' film, family film. gets people introdu- introduced to the world of Goosebumps, which, when I was a kid, that was my book series. I read pretty much every single one of those books, if not all of them, there were like, I think like 63 books or something like that. And I used to watch the old television show that was on. I absolutely loved the Goosebumps franchise. And I was really skeptical when the first movie came out because it wasn't like a story from the, it wasn't like one of the books. It was about R.L. Stein, about the author and stuff that happens within it. So I was like, this is really meta. And I wasn't sure how it was going to be, but then I, I wound up checking it out on like Netflix because I, I didn't bother to see it when it was out. And so I checked it out on Netflix, and I really enjoyed it. I was pleasantly surprised, and now I'm actually really happy that they are going forward with the sequel and that it's coming out in five months. You know, So I, I'll definitely be checking that one out when it, when it hits theaters. Another sequel that was announced at uh, Sony's panel is a sequel to Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Sony chairman Tom Rothman revealed that the next Jumanji film will arrive in December of 2019. So we got quite a ways to wait for this one. Uh, But The Rock, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and Karen Gillan will all be reprising the roles from that first film. Welcome to the Jungle made almost... A billion dollars worldwide, so it makes total sense as to why they would choose to do a sequel. The one thing that makes me a little bit nervous is that it will be going up against um, Star Wars Episode Nine. Now, I understand that this, you know, that Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle did go up against uh, Star Wars Episode Eight against The Last Jedi, and it did extre- obviously did extremely well, making clo- over nine hundred and fifty million dollars. But it doesn't mean it's going to have the same legs. I think that it's it's probably its best bet is to put it there in that same type of slot. So hopefully it manages to be nearly as good. Because I, I loved it. I was, this is another one that I was skeptical about. And when I went and saw it, it blew me away how good it was. And I understand why it made so much money. Because people would go back and see it again and again. And to get a sequel with this cast coming back, that's what that's key right there. It's it was this this cast. 
Now, it's unclear as to whether or not the kids who were in it, who went into the game, will be back. Because if it's not those four characters, then the the avatars inside the game won't be the same, even though they're being played by the same actors. They won't be. They won't have the same personalities because they'll be different characters in the real world. So part of me is hoping that those four characters come back, and you know maybe something happens, and they have to return to the world of Jumanji, and so we get to see that group again with those that specific personalities. So I think that would be really interesting. But we'll see. No matter what, I'm definitely going to check it out when it comes out in December of 2019. Sony also dropped the new trailer for their film Venom, and this trailer is fantastic. The first, I really enjoyed the first trailer. The first trailer was kind of more of a character piece about Eddie Brock. You didn't actually see Venom in that first trailer. You saw a glimpse of the uh, symbiote, but you didn't actually see Venom. You didn't see any anything to deal with that part of the character. But in this trailer, they go full out and show you everything you want to see. You get a shot of multiple symbiotes in tubes. You find out that they're experimenting on people, which makes me wonder, are we going to get a glimpse of Carnage? Are we going to get Anti-Venom? Are we going to get some of these? There's a whole mess of of symbiotes in the Marvel Universe. And I really hope that we get to see some of these. Even just like glimpses of them, whether it's like maybe they're inside of a you know inside of a containment cage of some sort you know just locked up and i think that would be awesome to see particularly carnage especially if they're if they're planning to do more than just this one venom movie which i assume that they would like to as long as it does well we get to see eddie brock as a reporter and i actually really dug this version you know, he's a real old school reporter, you know, with a pen and pad. He doesn't use, like, the recorder or anything like that, at least not from what they have shown. Um, he, like I said, he's real, you know, hit the dirt kind of kind of, of a reporter. And, and I really like that. I think it fits, at least from what we've seen from that, like, from that first trailer and then what we've seen in this. I think it fits that character's personality. Um, so I'm really... I really like what they're bringing to it, and I like what Tom Hardy is bringing to it. And I also, I love the voice that they're using for Venom. We hear, you know, the voice inside of Eddie Brock's head, and we also hear it right at the end. And I love how they use the pronoun we throughout. We can do whatever we want. We are Venom. I love that they're really taking that dichotomy and and, and really playing it up quite a bit. And Venom himself looks sick i know some people we know went online or like here's a fan edit of it oh this looks better this is they need to to fix this in post no this looks awesome it doesn't need to look exactly like you know it was pulled off the pages of the comic the venom that they show in this trailer looks awesome and i cannot wait to see this film this is has be it's definitely jumped uh, high on my anticipated list with this trailer. It was already decently high. It was in my top 10. And I, this trailer has jumped it into my top 5 for the rest of the year. Uh, we, we did also get some, some more stuff from Sony. We got They, they showed a little bit of stuff from, from films like uh, The Girl in the Spider's Web, McCa- uh, Matthew McConaughey's new film White Boy Rick, the Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Sherlock Holmes comedy, Holmes and Watson, which honestly sounds kind of kind of, kind of awesome. Will Ferrell, John C. Riley playing Sherlock Holmes and Watson in a comedy. I'm definitely gonna be checking that one out. Uh, and we also saw a little bit from uh, Lord and Miller's upcoming animated film, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I'm totally on board for, and 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 hope that they can really do some justice with that. If they can start like a an interesting animated universe with, with spider-man that could be really cool because then we would have like the mcu spider-man universe and this animated spider-man universe and i think that's you know really interesting you know to, that to live in a time where we're getting things like this in the theaters i think it's really cool now it's time for the weekend roundup where i talk about the box office results for this past weekend the top five this week, starting with number five, was 
Black Panther with $4.7 million. Rampage was number four with $7.2 million. Number three was I Feel Pretty with $8.2 million. Number two was A Quiet Place with $11 million. And the number one film at the box office, of course, Avengers Infinity War with $257.7 million. Now, obviously, the biggest standout this week was Avengers Infinity War. It broke all kinds of records. Uh, It became the highest domestic opening weekend, beating out Star Wars The Force Awakens, which had made $247.9 million a few years back. It's also managed to bring in $640.5 million worldwide. This is an insane amount, and it will not surprise me if this hits $2 billion. I was pretty skeptical about whether or not it would get that high. I thought maybe you know it would get to like 1.6, 1.7, somewhere around there. But with an opening this strong, and with the film being as good as it is, I have no doubt that it has the potential to hit that $2 billion. A billion dollar mark which only a couple of films have ever done so i'm really hoping that it can, it can hit that number uh another thing that kind of stood out to me was seeing black panther back in the top five last week it was at number eight and so it jumped up three spots this week and i i'm sure that this is most likely due to the release of infinity war as uh, you know i'm sure a lot of people went back to see it again before they watched Infinity War, since it it was it is the last film, you know, before this one. But I'm actually I'm really happy that it, it managed to get back up there. It's it's such a good film, and it deserves all the accolades that it gets. And it's really you don't tend to see that happen very often. Um, you know, see a film jump back up into the top five like that. But it just shows you how much people love this series, the MCU. You know that they would go back in droves to see. Black Panther, just before going to see Infinity War, enough so that it bumps it up three spots and gives it that little extra boost. And even with Infinity War eating up so much of the box office this weekend, it is, it's also really nice to see a film like A Quiet Place still uh, making double digits and hanging on to that number two spot. Like I said, it brought in 11 mil, another $11 million, and this brings its domestic total up to $148.5 million, and its worldwide total to $235.7 million on a really small budget. And this is something that's I absolutely loved this film. Love, love, loved it. It is my favorite film of the year. And I this news here... Seeing that it can hold its own and still make this kind of money uh, with Avengers coming out, it, it shows that there's a definite reason why that sequel is being made that I talked about before. It, it makes total sense, and I, you know I'll check out the sequel when it comes out. I don't know if I need it, but I'll definitely check it out. And that's it for the weekend roundup. Next, uh, my, the last thing I want to do is do my review section and in it i'm of course i'm going to talk a little bit about avengers infinity war now don't worry i'm not gonna this is going to be no spoilers at all so you know you can listen to it i do have both a written non-spoiler and full spoiler review up on the site right now at uh, www.merkwithamovieblog.com you can also find the both reviews on the facebook page which is you know Facebook.com slash Merc with a Movie Blog, and you can find it on uh, links for it on Twitter, which is uh, at Movie Blog Merc. So go check out the, the written reviews because it's much more in depth. Particularly if you have seen it, check out the spoiler review. It, I go into like crazy in depth in the film, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on the film itself, on uh, your thoughts on my review, you know, what you agree with, what you disagree with. You know, as long as you come in and you're respectful with your comments, I will I will listen to it. I will debate with you. We'll have a conversation. I I, you know, I can't wait to get the chance to see it again. So I definitely want to talk about it more. It's one of those films that hits stuck with me, and I, I just want to talk about it with people. So definitely send me an email. You know, just reach out to me on, on Facebook, out on, on Twitter, even on Instagram, and I will have a conversation with you about Infinity War. All right, so 
Infinity. I'm, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna talk a, a ton because this is. I know that this podcast has gone on quite a lot, quite a bit longer than normal. So I'm just gonna do a little bit. And like I said, if you want to read a, read either a non-spoiler or spoiler review on my site, you can do that. So um, one of the biggest things that I want to talk about is the character of Thanos in this film, Josh Brolin's Thanos. This character is fantastic. Josh Brolin's performance. I know that it's it's mostly you know there's a lot of mocap, but it, it's not just the facial expressions that you get from a character that make it a great performance. It's that line dialogue that you get, and he, the, the dialogue that Thanos provides is fantastic. It's it hits you in the emotions every point that it needs to. I'm not gonna like I said I'm not gonna go into any sort of spoilers, so I'm gonna keep it kind of vague. But when they need to hit a certain emotional point. They're able to do so, and that is and that is largely due to Josh Brolin and and the way he delivers the lines from Thanos. Um, this is, I, I you know I have no qualms saying this. This is the MCU's best villain yet. They have he is absolutely fantastic. He's complex. You know they they dive deep into the character. It's not just you know a one note character like we tend to see. In, in, in a lot of these superhero films, he's got a lot more to him, and I'm I, I really loved 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 what they did with the character. As far as the rest of the film goes, seeing all of these characters together from the past eighteen films, it doesn't seem like it should work, but it does. It, the Russo brothers managed to bring a, just a perfect balance with all these different, very unique types of characters, bringing them together. I mean, we see in the trailer, you see people you know, like Star-Lord and Tony Stark you know, uh, bantering back and forth. And it's stuff like that that I absolutely love. We get to see some great interactions between characters that you've never seen before. Um, you get to see some great geek-out moments, which, I'm like I said, I'm not going to go into detail. Um... And and the film it just it pulls you the entire time in in, in di- different directions here and there, but they all work. And I'm so excited to see where where the MCU goes from here and what they do next. It, it, it makes me excited for the next few films that are coming out. And and really, I I don't I feel like I'm just gonna start saying stuff that I shouldn't. So I think I'm gonna stop there. But this is my favorite MCU film at the moment. I loved uh, Black Panther. I love, love, love Captain America Civil War. This one has, to me, outdone both of them. And it's not a knock on either of those two films. It's just what they managed to do with this film elevated everything to a whole new level. And I can't, like I said, I can't wait to see where they go next. If you read my review, you'll see I gave this a 10 out of 10. There were a couple of real minor flaws that, to me, weren't worth giving it a, a knock in points for. And it was r- certain things I can't talk about. Uh, but one of the things is, that I can mention is uh, there are a couple of spots, for only like maybe two or three at the most throughout the over two and a half hour film, where they insert a piece of humor where it probably shouldn't be, where it kind of takes away from the moment. And that is something that, in general, Marvel has an, has a problem with at times. But it's it's so minimal in this that it, it, doesn't, it didn't affect my viewing experience to the point where I would not get even half a point. So, like I said, I gave... This is the best MCU movie I have seen yet. The CGI on... Uh, like, the special effects on Thanos particularly are some of the best that you've seen in these movies, some of the best that I've seen in almost anything. Um, there are times where you, at least for me, and I know other people that I've spoke to, who you, where you forget that this is a CGI character. And you you know, it, it, you know, forget and you, you think, it, oh, you believe that it's real, that it's a real character, you know, that's a, it's a person and not something created on a computer. That's how realistic the and well done the the special effects were so bravo to uh, marvel and i'm excited to see where they go from here so that about wraps up this episode of merc with a movie blog thank you so much for sticking with me on this long long episode 
please head over to Facebook at uh, Merc with a Movie Blog and give it a like. You know, share the you know any posts that you that you enjoy. Give them, you know like it, like the posts, comment. You know, I like to be interactive with my fans, so please, please reach out at, you know in any way you can. Um, and and then go, head over to Twitter and Instagram and uh, give me a, a follow over there, both at Movie Blog Merc. And be sure to check out the website, which is www.merkwithamovieblog.com. I'm always trying to get content up. Sometimes, you know, it's a little slower than, than others. I have, you know, a lot of things going on, but I try to get reviews up as, as much as I can. And and with that, just, you know, if you've ever got anything you want to talk about, if you ever got, you know, you want to debate a movie, if you've got any ideas for, you know, a review you'd like me to do, or, you know, if you just got something that you want to get off your chest about a movie that you saw, reach out to me. Email me at MerkWithAMovieBlog at gmail.com. If you've got some questions you'd like uh, read on air, I'd be more than happy to read those. I think that would be awesome to do. So, yeah, definitely email me some questions, some comments, anything. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly you know have a conversation, especially you want to talk about Avengers Infinity War? We'll have a long, deep conversation about that. And just remember, everybody, with that, there's only one thing that a movie fan should always be striving to do. And that is, watch more films.